John chapter 1, verse 14 and 16. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. For of his fullness we have all received and grace upon grace. Then we want to look at one verse in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 verse 6. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the proportion of his faith. And then in First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now you are the uh, the body of Christ and individually members of it. And then chapter 13, verse 1. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. And then in chapter 14, we want to begin reading verse 26 through 33. Verse 26. What is the outcome then, brethren? When you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. 弟兄们,这却怎么样呢?你们聚会的时候,个人会有诗歌,会有教训,会有启示,会有方言,会有翻出来的话,凡事都当造就人。If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two or at the most three. And each in turn, and one must interpret. But if there is no interpreter, he must keep silent in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others pass judgment. 
But if a revelation is made to another who is seated the first, one must keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all may be exhorted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. And then verse 40. All things must be done properly and in an orderly manner. Let's just have a word of prayer. Our Father, as we come to you in the name of our Lord Jesus, we thank you for the promise that you have left your spirit with us to teach us all things regarding Jesus. And even as we opened our Bibles this morning, open our minds and hearts to understand your will in our life. Teach us how to enter into the abundant living in Christ Jesus our Lord. We want to just commit this time into your hands that you might quicken us, give us life as we hear your word. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We have been talking in the last several months about a miracle. We know the Lord Jesus died on the cross and rose again that we might be saved by grace. If you have been saved by grace, you have experienced a miracle. But in these recent days, we have been speaking about another miracle. Once we are saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes us together into the body of Christ and we become one. Many different individuals become one living body of Christ. The world cannot do that. You can join a corporation. You can join an organization. You can even become a member of a church on a role. But you cannot be made one together except by the Holy Spirit in a miracle of this baptism. We know that our lives are to be lived by the grace of God. We read that when Jesus walked upon this earth, 
He was full of grace. 当我们读到圣经，我们主耶稣在地上行走的时候，他满有恩典。But we also read in verse 16 that we have received of the fullness of Jesus grace upon grace. <coughs> 在十六节那里也讲到，我们也领受了这恩典，并且恩上加恩。Now we live by grace. 我们是靠着恩典而活。His grace is sufficient for us in every situation. 他的恩典在一切的环境上是都够我们用。Whether we're healthy, whether we're sick. 不管我们是健康还是有有有病。Whether weak or strong. 不管我们是软弱还是刚强。Whether in plenty or in want. 不管我们是丰富还是呃不足。This is the miracle of the Christian life. 这就是基督徒一个呃奇迹般的生活。The grace of our Lord Jesus. Has become sufficient for us. Jesus' 的恩典对于我们来讲就够我们用。We mentioned in the past that grace touches us in three ways. 在过去我们讲了的恩典，它在三方面摸着我们。There is receiving grace. 有一个接受的恩典。We just have to receive the grace of God, even though we're not worthy. 即使我们好像不配，但是我们只需要接受这个恩典。By grace, we have been saved through faith. We cannot earn salvation. We cannot earn salvation. But we can receive the grace of God. We receive His love. We receive His forgiveness. We receive His acceptance. Even at the table today, we receive the grace of God. But then. There is abiding grace. 还有一个就是同住的恩典。Paul says, "By the grace of God, I am what I am." 保罗说，借着主的恩，我是何等人。Christ's life has come into the Christian. 基督的生命成为我们基督徒的生命。And now we abide in His grace. 我们就同与他的恩典同住。His life begins to be expressed in us. People look at us. They say how gracious they are. He says, "You are how gracious. How loving they are. How forgiving they are. We change because of this grace that abides in us. People can see this change, and they say it's the grace of God. They say it's the grace of God." And yet we have been studying recently about this matter of grace expressed. 但是我们最近也在学学习关于这彰显出来的恩典。Grace is the life of God within us that enables us to serve God. 这恩典就是基督的生命在我们里头，我们可以服侍神。Paul says when he does his work as an apostle, it isn't really him; it's the grace of God with him doing this work. 所以使徒保罗他说，他也不是靠着他自己，而是他里头的恩典，使得他能够来这里服侍主。God's grace enables us to do impossible things. 神的恩典使得我们可以做那不可能的事情。And one of those impossible things is to be the body of Christ. 有一个不可能的事情，就是说成为一个基督的身体。And so Paul exhorts those who are the body of Christ. 所以保罗在这里劝勉那个在基督身体里的。Who have received a measure of grace? Who have received a measure of His gifts of the Spirit? And who have received a measure of His faith? To consecrate ourselves and serve one another in the body of Christ. Some people think they have no grace. 
But if you're a Christian, this is impossible. You have the grace. If God asks you to serve in some way, there is the grace to serve. Never say you don't have the grace. Some people say I have no gift. But Paul says every Christian has a gift of the Spirit in measure. So don't say you have no gift. You may not have discovered your gift. But you have received this gift of grace from God to serve. Some people say they have no faith. But again, Paul says every Christian has a measure of faith. And so we serve by grace. We serve using our gifts. Paul says if you teach, teach diligently. If you show mercy, show mercy with cheerfulness. By the grace of God, we're in the body of Christ. Today, I want to share on this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Here Paul is laying down some important principles of fellowship in the body of Christ. Now we know from the scriptures that Paul spent more than a year and a half in his first coming to Corinth. And he spent this time preaching the gospel. But he also spent his time in the body of Christ. By the grace of God, he was building up the body of Christ. And we know that one of the great revelations that our Lord gave to Paul is this matter of the body of Christ. And so he often spoke while he was in Corinth of this great miracle. He said to these individuals, Now you are the body of Christ. Now that's hard for us to believe. We're also individual. And in Corinth there were Gentiles and there were Jews. How could we be one? But Paul kept stressing this miracle of the body of Christ. And so the Corinthians began to understand we are together. Now all of us have had this feeling. Because when Paul says ye are the body of Christ, it does not only mean when you get together for meetings. Do you know when we were saved, we were brought into the body and now we're related one to another? So maybe Thursday afternoon you're at work. But while you're there, the Lord causes you to remember somebody that you know in the body of Christ. 
And the Lord says to you, pray for that person right now. Now you don't even know what the, the what the problem is, but you pray. And later on you find out somebody was taking an important test or somebody was going through a difficult time and you prayed in the will of God. We are connected together as the body of Christ. One time I was in Russia on a very difficult trip. By the grace of God, I made it back alive from the very, very cold time in Russia. And I received a, a, a letter from a sister I had not seen in probably three years at least. And she said, you know, on the two, two weeks ago on Thursday, I had the burden to pray for you. I stopped what I was doing and I prayed for you. And I worked it out. It was at the very time I was going through difficulty in Russia. This is a miracle. We're connected. When you weep, I weep. When you rejoice, I rejoice. We are the body of Christ. Do you understand this? We're so vitally connected to each other. All of our brothers and sisters. So Paul kept stressing this, you are one, you are one, you are one to the Corinthians. And so by the grace of God, the brothers and sisters in Corinth began to serve one another. And they discovered that they had gifts of the Spirit to serve one another. And if you look in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, we look at verse 4. Paul says regarding the Corinthians, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus. That in everything you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you, so that you are not lacking in any gift. Now you can imagine when the Corinthians would gather together for fellowship. There was great richness and fullness. Because they had every gift. And everybody was taking grace. And everybody was sharing. But as they were all sharing, now some problems came up. And so after Paul has been gone from Corinth for several years, he is writing this letter. Because it's true that we're all one together in the body. And we should all share freely. But there are principles 
for the operation of the body of Christ that we must understand. Now, I, I, I must make one distinction. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 26, chapter 14 verse 26, Paul says, What is the outcome then, brethren? When you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. 弟兄们，这却怎么样呢？你们聚会的时候，个人会有诗歌，会有教训，会有启示，会有方言，会有翻出来的话，凡事都当造就人。Now we have several kinds of of meetings. 啊，我们有不同的聚会。But generally only two types of meetings.但是通常来讲，只有两种不同聚会的形态。We have what we call a ministry meeting.一种是工作性质的聚会。And we have what we call church meeting. Now what is the difference? A ministry meeting is when fellowship is primarily from one or a few people to the body of Christ. Even right now, this is a uh, ministry meeting. And my brother and I are here and we're fellowshipping with you. Now, actually, hopefully, you in spirit are fellowshipping back with us. But, but this is a time where brothers or sisters, just one or two, uh, share something for the building up of the body of Christ. So if Paul were in Corinth, he would often share maybe two, three hours the truth about Jesus Christ. But in Corinth, they also had the church meeting. As we just read in this verse 26. Now the saints are assembling together. And now they're wanting to fellowship one with another. Somebody has a teaching, somebody has a song, somebody has a revelation, and we want to share one with another. And this is the kind of meeting we want to talk about this morning. Now, when do we have church meetings? When we break bread in the first hour. This is a time for anyone who has something to share, to share as we worship our Lord. Prayer meeting. That's also a church meeting. For everybody who wants to can pray to the Lord as we share together in this time of prayer. Also, on the first Sunday of every month, we have an open sharing time in this second hour. Now this is also a time 
for us to share with one another about Christ. And there's one more. And recently the brothers have been encouraging us to join together in the home fellowship meetings. Now, especially for new Christians and young Christians, when you go to such a home fellowship meeting, you get to share with brothers and sisters, and they share with you, and you begin to see what the Lord is saying. And so these are very important meetings. You know, some people are too nervous to come up here and speak to 300 people. But at somebody's house where there's only 15 people, maybe you can share. It's a good starting point. And so that we can learn how these principles of fellowship together in the body of Christ. Now this morning I want to share five principles. And actually it's only one principle modified four different ways. But I hope we can gain some understanding how the body of Christ functions when we come together for such a meeting. Now the first principle we see in chapter 14, verse 26. What is the outcome then, brethren, when you assemble, each one has a psalm, a teaching, a revelation, and so forth. The first principle of fellowship is each member has something. You see it right there. Each has a. Some have a teaching, some have a revelation, some have a song. This is the principle of full participation. Every brother and sister is a member of the body of Christ. And each member has something. It's something you can give to everybody. And when we do this, Imagine if we had a meeting where everybody gave something. That would be a very full meeting. It would probably take us all day long, huh? You know, I've been to India a number of times. And on Sunday morning, they meet at 9.30. And the meeting lasts till 4 p.m. Lots of sharing. And then they break for a meal and then have a gospel meeting. Now they were really hungry for fellowship. And if we had such a full meeting where everybody shared something from the Lord, oh, it would go a long time. 
But this is the key. Each brother and sister has. Now I hope you notice what's implied behind this uh, truth. When you come to the meeting, you have something to give. And what this means usually is that you prepared something before you came. Now it's true if you look in chapter 14 verse 30. It says if a revelation is made to another who is seated, the first one must keep silent. Now, sometimes when we're in a meeting, the Lord impresses something on us, and so we share it. Now, this was not something the person prepared at home. But as my brother Richard was sharing, it touched something in me. And I say, and I think the Lord is saying to us. So Paul says, okay, Richard, sit down, please. And let the let the revelation continue. Now when we're in a meeting, sometimes the Lord gives us something. You hear somebody pray, it touches your heart, and you also offer a prayer. But listen to what it says there in verse 14, Somebody has a psalm. Now maybe that's a psalm in the Old Testament. Or maybe it's a song the Lord gave you. Maybe you, you thought of a song yesterday. And you come prepared, you can sing this song today. Maybe you were praying about the meeting today. And yesterday, the Lord put a hymn on your heart. Now, the gathering of the body of Christ is a miracle. But that does not mean we don't prepare. Now, what if I came to you today and said, Okay, I'm supposed to share today, but I didn't prepare anything, and I just want to share whatever comes to my mind. I think you would all get up and leave. It's important that I prepare my heart before I share here today. But did you prepare your heart before you came today? Do you have a scripture? Is there a song in your heart? Is there a prayer of thanksgiving you want to pray? Have you thought about it? Actually, you have all week to think about it. There is a law in the Old Testament. It's a law of the offering. You find it in Deuteronomy 16.16. And in this verse it says that the men are to come together three times a year for the feasts. 
And it says the men should never come empty-handed. Now think of that. A brother is, is going to a feast to the Passover. But he says, oh, I forgot to bring a lamb. God says, no. Do not come empty-handed. If you have an offering, you must bring it and give it. This is, this is a principle in the Old Testament that's still true in the New. You should never come empty-handed. But what, what do we have to offer? We have nothing. But did you say to the Lord, Lord, fill my hands so I can offer something? Ah, you find the Lord fills your hands with something. He gives you a song. He gives you a scripture. He fills your heart with prayer. You know, some people prepare a prayer before they come to the breaking of bread. This is perfectly reasonable. Others are more spontaneous when they pray here. But their hearts are prepared. Each one has something. But who has come with hands that are full? By the grace of God, if we ask, Lord, I have empty hands, please fill them, He fills them. And He fills them that we therefore might offer. Now we have all week to think about gathering on Sunday. And if you're a Christian, and all week long you have received no verse, no song, nothing to thank God for, now you must repent. Because you're hardly alive. Our Lord is so faithful to us. Some brothers and sisters, if we allowed them, could pour out, out, out prayers for 25 minutes. Now maybe you're a brand new Christian. But can you, cannot you say, Lord, Amen? It's very simple. Could be very living. Each member has something. This is the principle of full participation. I hope you'll come next week with hands that are full. Now this second principle qualifies the first.第二个原则，它来再来定，它来再来确定第一个原则有再有一些修饰. And we see it in the last phrase of chapter fourteen, verse twenty-six again.在第二六、第二十六节的后半段在这里讲。Let all things be done for edification.凡事都当造就人。That's the second principle.这个就是第二个原则。
Whatever is offered is to be offered for edification. That is the building up of other people. So now our principle is full participation. But this is not a democracy. We, we don't just share whatever we want to share. Now there's something that should rule our offerings and that is it should edify the body of Christ. Does your offering build Christ into people? Does it build up the body? Does it encourage our faith? Does it cause us to praise God? Let all things be done for edification. Now you notice in chapter 14, verse 20, Paul has to tell the Corinthians now, do not be children in your thinking. Now we know that children have two characteristics. First of all, they say, Gimme, gimme, gimme. What's for me? What's for me? What's for me? Maybe you're in this meeting today. You're saying, What's for me? What's for me? What's for me? Maybe there's nothing for you. But maybe there's something very important for the person sitting right next to you. Some people listen to me speak and they say, What? What is this guy saying? But maybe somebody else is saying, Oh, I hear God speaking. Well, now, did you think this meeting was just about you? No, no, don't say, gimme, gimme, gimme. Even while I'm speaking, you should pray, Lord, build up the body. Build up the body. Now, I have been hearing my brother Christian Chen many years. And sometimes I hear him again out on the West Coast. Then I go to Singapore, I hear him again in Singapore. And sometimes he shares the same verses. And the same stories. Now what should I say? Give me, give me, give me. Wait, he's telling me I already heard this. It's not for me. You know, He's not trying to teach me. Because many people never heard this. And so I pray, Lord, build up the body. There's something else that children always do. They also say, look at me, look at me. Oh, the little babies that come into our meeting, they love people to watch them. And so when we have an open meeting, some people say, Look at me, look at me. 
They tell us about themselves. All the trouble they have. All the money they need. All the sicknesses they have. Oh, we learn a lot about people. And sometimes people tell all of their stories. And then they say, okay, that's it. Now, brothers and sisters, let's talk about open sharing time, the first Sunday of the month. Now, everyone who comes up here is sharing testimony. And so, of course, we need to hear about you. Now, it does no good to come up here. And just say, Oh, the Lord is wonderful. Uh, the Lord has helped me. Uh, the Lord met my need. Uh, and then you go sit down. Because everybody say, No, 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 how? How did he meet your need? How did he answer your prayer? Of course, we need to know some detail. And then, how the Lord blessed you. How the Lord touched you. That's the main point of every share. But if you just tell us your story, and don't tell us what the Lord did, well, now we know more about you. But the purpose was to build up uh, the people with what the Lord has done. Now many people come up here to share. And you can see it, that some, the Lord has done something. And many people don't have eloquent words. But if you have a heart to share in such an open meeting, then I want you to write down a note. Whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Whatever problems you share, Show us the victory in the Lord. Now, as the body of Christ gathers, the Holy Spirit is here. And can I tell you a secret? I hope this won't bother you. The Holy Spirit has us fellowship together. Not so much so we can know more about you, but so that we can know about the Lord in you. So when we share, it needs to be for edification. And some people come up in open sharing. And they feel it's a little opportunity to preach. Uh, they say, I'd like to share something. 
Please turn to 12 verses of scripture. Now we know we're in for teaching. Now, if it's something the Lord made real to you, then it's edifying. But if you just read a good book, Maybe you need to wait till the Lord makes it real in you and you can testify about it. There was a famous English preacher named T. Austin Sparks. And he always had this saying. When we fellowship one with another, do we edify or headify? Headify. Uh, just talk teaching from the head. The Lord wants us to edify. But sometimes we're very clever and we Headify. And we say, look at me, look at me, I have this teaching. But edify is the principle. Now the third principle. We see it in chapter 14 and verse 15. What is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the under, with the mind also. I will sing with the spirit. I will sing with the mind also. 这却怎么样呢？我要用灵祷告，也要用悟性祷告；我要用灵歌唱，也要用悟性歌唱。The third principle is the principle of balance between spirit and knowledge. 所以第三个原则呢，就是关于。now these Corinthians were very spiritual. They love to speak in tongues. They love to do spiritual things. But Paul says it's important also to do things that are reasonable and knowledgeable. And in our meetings when we gather together, there must be balance. A balance between that which is spiritual and that which is intelligent. So as an example, when we gather together for the Lord's table, and the song is asked for, now do you sing with your spirit or just with your body? See, we can sing 10,000 thanks. And be unthankful. 10,000 thanks, 10,000 thanks. <laughs> But what what if your spirit is stirred? Now how will you sing? Ten thousand thanks. 
，谢千万声。Of course， 的确。Now listen， are we have to have a spirit that is warm when we come to such a meeting？ 所以的确，我们来到这样的聚会，我们灵里是不是火热呢 ？We know some brothers, some sisters, even when they pray, they begin to cry. 你就发现有的弟兄姊妹祷告的时候，他们流泪。But we sense the spiritual reality of this. 但是我们就感觉那灵里的真实。Please, please don't feel embarrassed if your spirit is full of warmth toward the Lord. 请你千万不要感觉很很很那个很好像受窘很受窘窘迫，好像你如果心里满有灵的火热。I often feel like we need so much more of the Holy Spirit in our meeting. We're much too calm. 好像我们太安静了。But we have received a so great salvation. 但是我们却接受那何等大的救恩。When we pray and when we worship. 所以当我们祷告，当我们敬拜。If we pray with our spirit. 若是我们靠着灵来祷告。If we worship in spirit. 若是我们在灵里敬拜。Then we touch the Lord. 那我们也摸着了主。And so we must be broken in our outer man to express this great love for the Lord. So we, our inside man, should be broken to 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 And so Paul says, when you're in a meeting to the Corinthians, if somebody speaks in a tongue and there's no interpreter, then then don't speak. So Paul tells the Corinthians, if you're in a meeting, you don't speak. Because when we worship together, we need to understand what's going on. If we don't understand, we, we, there's no reason to stay. 若是我们都不懂的时候，就没有留下来的理由。So you know our dear brothers who translate the prayers in Mandarin every every Sunday. 所以你就发现我们的弟兄每每一次就把这个中国语把它翻成英文。And this enables us who only speak English to enter into these prayers. 所以就使得对于那些只懂英文的人可以进入那个聚会。Because we need understanding together. 因为我们在一起的时候，我们需要需要了解明白。And the Lord is also leading us in our worship. 我们的主也也带领着我们敬拜。Have you seen the miracle? 你有看过神迹吗 ？The miracle of the body of Christ in worship. 你有看过基督的身体在这敬拜吗 ？Have you seen a brother come up here and open with a scripture? 你有看到一个弟兄来到这里把圣打开圣经 ？And then there's a song that follows. And then there's another prayer, and then another song. 接下来有一另外一个祷告，有诗歌。And there's another prayer and another song. 有另外一个祷告，又有诗歌。And after a while, you suddenly realize. 结果过了一阵，你突然发现。All of these prayers, all of these songs, are on a similar theme. 你就会发现这样的所有的祷告，所有的诗歌。And you suddenly realize the Holy Spirit is here, invisibly in the midst of the congregation. So, 突然你就发现圣灵在这里，虽然看不见，他在这里运行，在会会堂里头运行。And like a conductor in an orchestra, he's conducting who should say something now and who should sing something now, and it's all of one theme that glorifies Jesus. 圣灵就好像在这里，像一个指挥一样，在这里指挥该干什么诗歌，该怎么祷告，把所有的事情能够。
That's a miracle. Individuals come here with their hearts full. And as we express the worship, we find the Spirit is leading us together in united worship. And the same thing is true when we pray in a prayer meeting. What does it mean in the Bible when it says praying in one accord? It means we sense the Holy Spirit leading us in prayer. So you see, we need a balance. It's not just enough to have an overflowing heart. But we need to have our mind exercised as well. To understand where the Holy Spirit is leading. Could I be honest with you? We want to encourage everybody to participate. But when we're choosing songs in worship, now it shouldn't only be your favorite song. But it should be the appropriate song for what we're trying to say. Now, have you ever thought of that? You know, uh, I as a Christian, I have some favorite songs. But sometimes it's a good time for them, sometimes not such a good time. If everybody is weeping as we're thinking of Jesus' cost when he died upon the cross, and I said, say, let's sing the, the hymn that says, I'm only a sinner saved by grace. It doesn't fit in. I will pray with my spirit, I will pray with my mind. You know, some many people today, it's very popular to sing choruses. And uh, some people, especially when we get the other young people, they just like to sing chorus after chorus after chorus after chorus. Now some choruses are good. But many choruses are very simple. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. It's very simple. And you know, this is like worshiping in the spirit. But how about worshiping from the hymn book? There are deep words in the hymn book. So we worship in spirit and in truth. The fourth principle. The principle of two or three. Notice verse 27. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two or at the most three, and each in turn, and one must interpret. Now, 
Notice the same principle in verse 29. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others pass judgment. Now what is this? The principle of two or three is the principle of variation and limitation. There's two things there. Variation. And that's why it's so wonderful we come together as a body of Christ. Because what my sister shares is so rich, and then what my brother shares is so rich, and they're different. The way somebody worships is different from the way another person worships. And together we have the body of Christ. Variation. Look, look how different God's children are. Even look around. Right, right now, you see brothers and sisters, some are smiling, some writing notes, some are sleeping. This variation is wonderful. Now, you know, many churches only have one prophet. He speaks every Sunday. If you don't like him, you go to another prophet's house. Here, you must admit, we have variation. You come on Sunday, you never know who's going to speak. Sometimes the brothers are not sure either. But we have two or three. And this is also a principle of limitation. Now, brothers and sisters, I spoke of the Indian Sunday meeting, which lasts uh, uh, six and a half hours. And they all sit on the floor, no chairs. Now I, I must confess. It's too long for me. And so the brother takes me out of the meeting for some tea, and then I come back. And I also notice brothers and sisters one by one while they get up and go outside. Maybe they're going to restroom. But they come back hour and a half later. It's a long visit. So they have a very long meeting. But people, people can only take so much. If the meeting goes too long, Eutychus falls out the window. So we have to realize there's limitation to what people can take. Actually, the the uh, the timing principle of how long something should be is how long is the Lord's life there? If somebody like the Apostle Paul is sharing, as it says in Acts chapter 20, well into the night, but he has so much life to share. Now who dares to stop the Apostle Paul? 那谁敢叫保罗说停止啊? 
Now, now, uh, Basil Paul, please. I have roast beef in the oven. Uh, you have to stop. Well, then you must let your roast beef burn. Because God speaking living words. But there is limitation. And when we gather for meetings, we try to limit ourselves. We, we're trying to discern what, how much life there is. It's the principle two or three. Once in a while, uh, the Lord breaks the rules. Uh, we, we come together for a meeting. But our worship is precious. It goes beyond, beyond the time. The Lord says this. And so we follow the Lord. But if we're going to fellowship, there has to be some limits. Now, this was a problem among the Corinthians. Corinth had a church where many, many brothers wanted to preach. So when they say, okay, we have open sharing, then they saw 15 brothers line up to speak. And everybody's spirit left them. This meeting is going to be so long. So Paul says, is this the only meeting we're having today, just one time? Give each other a turn. You will all be able to prophesy. See, he says that verse 31. You can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be exhorted. And then the final principle. We see it in several verses. We uh, see it in verse 33. God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Verse 40. But all things must be done uh, properly and in an orderly manner. And verse and chapter thirteen, the whole chapter. This is the fifth principle of fellowship. All things must be done in order and in love. After all, we're getting together in order to manifest the love of God. So whatever we teach or prophesy or testify, we want to lift up the Lord Jesus. As Peter says in his second letter, as we share, let us share with one another in brotherly love. But then let us learn how to share beyond brotherly love in agape love. 
So you can see that the body of Christ is in the process of growth and maturity. So it has the grace and the life of the Lord Jesus in it. But we must learn the boundaries. There needs to be balance. There needs to be limitation. There needs to be edification. And everything must be done orderly. Now we represent the Lord Jesus here on earth. Our Lord Jesus was orderly. So when we gather as the body, we cannot be chaotic. Order is a sign that the Spirit of God is in control of the meeting. But not only orderly, beautifully. We need to learn how to express the beautiful grace of God when we fellowship with one another. When the beauty of the Lord is seen in the body of Christ, people are attracted to the Lord. It's as if they see Jesus in our midst. Because the things that they are hearing and the things that they are seeing are so selfless, so full of love, so beautiful. Now we have these opportunities to fellowship together and to learn how to fellowship the life of Christ one with another. In the process we will make mistakes. You know is one interesting sidelight. When we have open sharing, now the brother or sister who gets up here to share, they think to themselves always, oh, there's no way that I could speak for 10 minutes. But you notice everybody goes over the 10 minutes? Have you noticed that? Because once you get up here and begin the fellowship, you begin to share things. The next thing you know, Maurice is holding up the card. 10 minutes. Well, so we have to learn how to limit our time so that others may share. We want in an open sharing time at least six people to share, ten minutes apiece. Ah, that's a good meeting. But we often get fifteen minutes, fifteen minutes, maybe seven minutes, seven minutes, three minutes, twenty minutes. We have to learn. We all have a chance. Maybe even in open sharing, you should prepare some notes and time yourself. And this is even important when we're sharing testimony in a gospel meeting. Don't speak too long. 
And let everything you say glorify God. May the beauty of the Lord be seen in his body. Now the Corinthians had the spiritual life. They were alive. But you see, they needed some order and some control. It's like the show you see on TV, you know, where they used to dig into the ground in Texas to find oil. And then one day you hear, and suddenly the oil shoots out of the ground up into the sky. That's like the life of Christ. It just springs out of the ground. Like we struck oil. The Corinthians struck oil. But now Paul had to cap this oil well and put pipes on it so it can produce oil. And the oil had to be purified. Because when it came out of the ground, it also came out with a lot of rocks, a lot of sand, a lot of water, as well as oil. So the Lord has a principle. Everybody share the life of Christ. But now we must put the cap on the oil well so it can glorify God. May the Lord teach us how to live according to these principles. Let's have a few prayers before we go.